0: Friction is a huge psychological burden. Without friction, we would not have fire and we would not have sparks. I gotta get a (laughs) knife. I gotta hide it. They end up spending a lot of time ruminating. Hi, everyone. Bob Sutton here. What Eli our editor slash producer and I thought would be a good idea would be to just stop and reflect about some of the big lessons uh, that we've learned over the course of the episodes. And uh, so I came up with a little list of five things that are a little more clear to me about friction. And I came up with two things that if anything are even more mysterious. So, Let me sort of lay those out there, and I'd love to hear your feedback about these ideas because this is as much a conclusion as a provocation. Okay, so here's the five things that are a little more clear to me about friction, especially getting rid of bad friction. The first one is that in organizations where friction is relatively low, there's sort of an etiquette, a set of norms or agreements That what we do is we hold one another responsible for not making life harder for one another. And this is a theme that I think implicitly and explicitly goes through various episodes. Um, Certainly in Patty's um, episode, in Dom's episode, but it's hinted, certainly uh, Kim Scott, who we just heard, it's hinted in that way. So that's one, this notion of etiquette. The second thing is something that really goes back to the first episode that Huggy and I did together and continues throughout. Um, and it's related to the etiquette, but it's a little different, which is that you've really got to look and see if you've got rewards for addition versus subtraction. So in organizations, and I think Netflix in its glory days was a good example of this, um, this notion that um, that the people you reward and um, are your heroes are the, are the people who make things if you will easier rather than harder for the rest of us so that 's the second point. The third thing is something that well we got from some of kim scott 's um, stories about why Sheryl um, Sandberg was such a good boss uh, that we got uh, from um, also from patty who i 've mentioned. Um, Some of the organizations Huggy talked about. And and this is this notion that one of the things that helps reduce friction is whether or not you agree with what the norms are about how we behave and don't behave. It actually helps to have really strong agreements, not just about etiquette in particular, but about how we're supposed to behave in a particular situation. Because that way we don't always have to negotiate and fight about how we do things around here. So the fourth thing that, if anything, is more clear to me is the notion that when there's insecurity and fear in an organization, it causes organizational friction. It makes things harder to do. So in the case of the petty tyrants who we discussed, they cause friction because they're insecure about their social stature. So, they, so to make themselves feel in charge and feel important, they, make, they impose things on others that makes it harder for them to get things done. We also saw this in Katie decell's episode. Huggy Rao talked about silence and how when people don't mention there's problems or don't speak up because um, to try to help one another, that in that situation you also have friction. So insecurity and fear, classic things that I believe before were a source of friction. But as we heard the stories, that was something that came up over and over again. Oh, it also came up when uh, Patty McCord was talking about how inefficient organizational politics are. That comes out of insecurity and fear as well. The fifth thing that's more clear to me, something that Huggy, Rao, and I have written about some, but it came through even more clearly, ex- especially perhaps in Dom and uh, Patty's episode, and also in Melissa, Valentine's episode especially, once again, this notion that, uh, that hierarchy is not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's something that's always going to be there in organizations. And, and the question is, is it amplifying or is it um, getting rid of or dampening uh, the, the sort of friction in the organization is this theme that we see over and over again. So I guess those are my five things, and I would love your reaction um, about what might be added or subtracted or you disagree with. But before I leave, those are five things that are more clear to me about friction, although certainly more research is needed. I'm an academic. Um, But there's two things that, if anything, I'm more confused about. Let me talk about the first one. In fact, Patty McCord and I even had a little argument about this. And uh, I guess Melissa's... It kind of almost came up with Melissa Valentine. And here's what it is. that um, I wish that I could say it would be possible to have organizations that are bigger and bigger and more and more complex that still somehow didn't have friction. And and there's this sort of – maybe it's a myth, this argument that if a big company like, I don't know, Apple or Microsoft would just act like a startup, they wouldn't have so much friction. But the thing that I worry about and a message that comes through implicitly over and over again is as organizations have more layers, as they're in more countries, as uh, they just have more people, uh, they have more complicated software systems, which we have over and over again, that uh, it just might not be possible to have large organizations without friction. And the question is... uh, And to me, it's both a research question and a question that we need to run better large bureaucracies, to run better large governments, is, well, is it actually possible to do something like Patty McCord says, where if you've got adults, it reduces friction? Or do we just have to live with the notion that as organizations get bigger and bigger, life just gets uglier and uglier for both uh, those of us who are members of the organization and for their clients? And I wish I could give you a happy, optimistic answer that I've uh, discovered the secret to busting all bureaucracies. And you can have a giant bureaucracy and it'll just run perfectly. But uh, I'm not that optimistic, but I'd like somebody to uh, dissuade me of my pessimism. The second thing that's mysterious to me, and, and in fact it kept getting more and more mysterious, including including in uh, Katie DeSalle's episode, is the notion of what's the difference between good and bad friction. And if, if you remember the episode with Katie, she talked about dark nights. So these are people who see themselves as do-gooders to rush in, to enforce organizational rules. And and sometimes they're just like petty tyrants in that they're yelling at you for leaving your food in the refrigerator for three days too long. Or um, they're enforcing rules, making sure you get there. If you get, show up at 8.03, you get in trouble. But on the other hand, people who do those sort of things are are often very important for holding their colleagues accountable for doing high-quality work, for treating one another with respect. The notion of sort of dark knights and people who are enforcers, they do add friction, but they also add excellence. And that's just a little bit of an example. And in, in, in Dom also, if you go back and you listen to Dominic Price's episode, Dom was, was uh, quite clear about the difference between a clusterfuck and sort of functional um, fire friction that motivates us and gets us all going. Um, I think I have bits and pieces of, of what that picture looks like, but for future research and practical work, that's a second area that remains mysterious to me. Okay. So this is my final comment. Uh, this it's a little bit more of a rant and a ramble, but I thought it would be sort of fun to stop and reflect about what we have learned over the course of the friction podcast. <music> The Friction Podcast has been a remarkable adventure for me, and there's no way it could have happened without the entire wonderful STVP team. Our producer, Rachel Jolkowski, has just been astounding and funny and creative. And our producer slash editor, Eli Shell, who has recorded and edited us so we look great. Well, we're going to miss him so much. He's about ready to have his first child. And in a couple weeks, he's leaving to go join a communications firm in San Francisco. So, good luck, Eli, and we appreciate everything you've done for us. I also would like to thank Danielle Stusi, who designed our amazing graphic, both the stuff you see on the web and for the live event at IDEO. She designed some astounding stuff that went on a garage door there. I'd also like to thank Mike Pena for helping with titles and descriptions of episodes, Monica Yort for managing the social media marketing, Sarah Khan and Davar Sankovic for taking care of everything on the back end and everyone else at STVP who helped make this series so much fun and such a success. I really appreciate everything you've done to make this remarkably painless and an absurd amount of fun. One more time, this has been the Friction Podcast.